Hey, how's it going? This is Wes. I'm the lead pastor of the Hub Vineyard Church. I'm so glad that you have decided to listen to this message today. I hope it encourages you. I hope that you feel feel empowered by it, and I hope that it blesses your life. Um, if you have any questions or if you want to learn more about the church, I encourage you to go to thehubvineyard.com or you can email me, wes.thehubvineyard at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week. Good. And so that's why I'm excited. So are you guys more excited now about that? And I, my hope is that by the end, by the time we get to Easter, that, that we will all reflect a little bit more Jesus in our life. And, and we would advance the kingdom a little bit more because like Wes said, this thing, like I felt really strongly that God is calling the hub church, that's all of us, to positively, dramatically affect the people around us. That's salvation, that's baptism, that's, that's inviting them in to our hub family, that's um, even <coughs> demonstrating and partnering with God to, to do the miraculous in someone's life. It includes all of that, and and seriously, I, I think this is going to be filled by the end of the year, and it's going to take all of us, okay? Um, we're all called to it. Um, so before I get too far, oh, yeah, I didn't even start my timer. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> i got to do that otherwise, because I get excited, and I start talking. And, okay. So um, kicking off this series today, we're going to be in, in Matthew chapter 3. Um we're not starting in chapter one or two because that was kind of the Christmas theme. So we know that, right? We know that. We know about the, the lineage of Jesus. We know about his birth and, and all that. We spent through that in, in December. And so we're going to start in chapter three. Chapter three, it abruptly starts with John the Baptist. John is a cousin of Jesus. We all know that, right? Or some of us know that. Um, now we all know that. And, and he's this, this crazy figure out of the, I could say crazy because it's out of the norm. He was called in, in mission to live in the outskirts, out in the wilderness. Okay, he he didn't have this um, this in town living. Okay, he was out in the wilderness. He wasn't to drink alcohol. He had this. I, I imagine him with like some crazy hair, but he. It's not a bald joke either. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, I just picture him, and the scriptures say that he, he wore clothes made of camel hair, and he ate locusts and honey. And, and so we see this person out in the wilderness baptizing people in the Jordan River. And, he's, and, and the Jewish people are coming from all over just to like, like see this man of God, this prophet, this, this crazy guy calling people out and calling them to repentance. Now, repent... In the Hebrew and Aramaic, it just means to return to God and leave the sin behind, okay? So it's nothing crazy. It's just wanting to align our lives with God's will, right? And, and he was out there saying, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. And he would tell people that to produce fruit, their life should prove, the fruit of their life should prove their repentance, okay? And we all produce fruit. It's either good fruit, 
from the kingdom, or it's worldly fruit that's really, to be honest, it's, it's not all that great. It's, it can be bad fruit. And so he's saying that our changed life will prove our repentance. And I would say one, one thing, that our lives are the best sermon that we could ever preach. Okay? It's one thing to go tomorrow, this afternoon, or tomorrow to work or whatever, and tell some people, oh, church was awesome, Jesus is great. And then they, those same people see you later in the day, you, you know, arguing with your coworker or grumbling and complaining about how terrible your boss is or leaving to go home and someone cuts you off and you flip them the bird. You know, or you could, no matter the situation, you could have self-control, you could have love and compassion and, and joy, and people kind of scratch their head like, there's something different about you, what is that? And it's a great opportunity to say, let me tell you, Jesus is amazing. So people may not be reading their Bibles, but they're definitely reading their Christians. Mm. So our, our lives are the best sermon we could ever preach. Now, back to John the Baptist. He was out there, and, and people were wondering, like, okay, John is, is, is John a prophet? Is he the coming Messiah? <coughs> Who is this guy? And, and John was telling people, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Messiah. I baptize you with water, but there's one after me who is more powerful than I am. One who, who I am not even worthy to carry his sandals. I baptize with water, but he, meaning Jesus, is, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so with that, we see Jesus enter chapter 3, verse 13. We're going to I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, but I'll throw in some NIV because that's probably what most of us are used to. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. There you go. I turned 40, so... Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, yeah. All right. Then Jesus left Galilee to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But when he waded into the water, John resisted him, saying, Why are you doing this? I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. And yet, you come to me to be baptized? Jesus replied, It is only right to do all that God requires. The NIV says to fulfill all righteousness. Then John baptized Jesus. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him. And he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, This is the Son I love, and my greatest delight is in him. Now the NIV says that a voice from heaven says, This is my Son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. I just want you guys to picture that scene is such an amazing scene that if we could just like close your close your eyes I want you to close your eyes and just imagine being at the Jordan River and you see Jesus going under the water 
and back up. And then from out of nowhere, just the heavens, the heavens open up. And you see this brilliant, bright light just shining on Jesus. As the Spirit comes down, and, and it's not a physical dove, but it, John described it as taking the form of a dove. And it just lands and remains and rests on Jesus. And then you hear this, this beautiful sound from the Father. This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And it's such an amazing piece of scripture. Guys, Wes often says that there's depths in the shallows, meaning that you don't have to read an entire chapter, you don't have to read an entire book of the Bible to, to get some beautiful revelation. And, and Jesus said that my Father is always working. And you can see in this moment, there is, there is so much more going on than just simply Jesus being baptized. And we're gonna, go, we're gonna take a look at that. And the first thing that we see here, and it's the main theme of, of today, is we see Jesus, he's submitting. We see Jesus submitting to John's baptism. And a side note, just a quick side note, I don't know if you caught this, but there's actually four baptisms talked about in this piece of scripture here. There was... Uh, John's baptism of water there was the father father God baptizing Jesus with the power of heaven and John talked about Jesus baptizing believers and a baptism of fire okay so there's four baptisms that that's happening right there um, but we look at Jesus and and we see him submitting to John's baptism and now we just heard John say that like there, Jesus is more powerful than I. I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes or to carry his shoes or tie his sandals, depending on translation. Um, and yet, that's why he's resisting Jesus. Like, wait a minute. Like, you should, I'm not even worthy to be doing this. But why does Jesus do that? Why does he submit to John's baptism? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says that. It wasn't because he was filled with sin or he had sin. As a matter of fact, he was sinless. So why, why need a, a baptism of repentance? Because 2 Corinthians says that Jesus became sin or a sin offering for all of us. Um, but Jesus said it was to fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill every righteous requirement. that mean? What does that mean? Well, this baptism of Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, we've heard him called the Lamb of God, this baptism was the presentation of the Lamb of God for the, to be the sacrifice for all of our sins. And so it was important for, for John to publicly wash the Lamb of God, to show and to prove to Israel that 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 Jesus, this Lamb of God, was <coughs> spotless and without blemish. The other thing that's happening here, 
is we know that, because we can read this in Hebrews 4, that Jesus was considered the high priest. Okay? So, again, stick with me. There's so much going on in this piece of scripture, and I want you to show all the things that, that the Father is doing. So, Jesus is known as the high priest. Well, Jesus at this moment was about 30 years old, which so happens to be the same age that the Levitical priests were ordained and prepared to serve. And even on top of that, this in the culture and the time period of this moment, um, fathers would would have a trade. They, you know, most everyone would work, and they had this trade. And their sons, if they had a son, would work underneath them as soon as they were able to help. And then as they grew, they were underneath the son, kind of as an apprentice. And then about age 30, something would happen. There was an equality that happened, okay, where now the father and the son had equal share, had equal say, and they would kind of continue this until the father would, would kind of get elderly and retire. And so we see that, that Jesus hits 30, is baptized, and from this moment, he starts doing the father's will, the father's work. Okay? He said, I only do what I see the father doing and say what the father is saying. And so you see all these commissionings and, and this, this equality. And, and we know that, that the religious leaders at the time were always saying that, you know, Jesus, man, you, you're doing some blasphemous stuff. You're saying that you're equal with God. You're the son of God making you equal. And so we see some of that. So as the high priest, this baptism is kind of an ordination. <coughs> this also was a form of dedication. Okay? We see that um, the Holy Spirit came down and remained on Jesus. And if we think back to the Old Testament with King Solomon, King Solomon was King David, you know, David and Goliath, that guy. His son was kind of ordained and commissioned to build the temple. And King Solomon, in that time, once the temple was built, he dedicated the temple. And so this baptism is a lot like John dedicating Jesus, the temple of, of God. So we see a lot of different things going on here. So Jesus was not repenting. He was submitting himself as God's sinless lamb. And guys, this one act, this one act of submission was a catalyst for Jesus' life, his ministry, and, and in three years down the road, the reconciliation of all creation back to the Father. So I want to take a closer look at what happens from submission. <laughs> so we see and from this scripture that, that there's two animals pictured at this baptism. There's the dove and the lamb, right? Well, the dove in this time or represented uh, meekness and purity, and the lamb represents, um, symbolizes gentleness, and meekness and forgiveness and purity. And so we see 
that the, the dove resting on a lamb, okay, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, comes and rests and remains on Jesus. Guys, I would say that if you want the presence of the dove, you need to have the nature of the lamb. And it all starts with submission. It all starts with submission. That, that word submission, here for the world's term of submission, it's kind of an ugly word. Who, who, who likes to submit? Yeah, who wants to, you like to submit? Yeah. Okay, good, good. You're the only one. I'm like, I'm the lamb. You're, I'm you're, like a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, the, the, the word submission for, like, worldly term, it kind of, like, means, like, weakness, powerlessness. It means that, okay, if I'm submitting, someone else is controlling, right? That's terrible. <laughs> I don't like that. But, guys, what we got to remember as, as Christians, we, things are flipped in the kingdom. Things are so flipped in the kingdom. So it's kind of ugliness for the world standards. But in the kingdom, man, that submission, that is powerful. Submission is powerful. There, there comes righteousness. There's, there's, there's freedom in that. Submission brings righteousness. We see that from Jesus. He was baptized so to fulfill all righteous requirements. Righteousness means a right standing with God. So, so submission brings righteousness. Okay, We get that right standing with God. Number two, it, it brings an active dialogue <coughs> with the Father. We see in verse 17, it says, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You could argue that Jesus hadn't done anything, like no works, no nothing, up until this point. But what did he do? He submitted. He submitted to God's will. And that brought an active dialogue from the Father. It also brings wisdom. Submission brings wisdom. I mean, we'll, in the weeks to come, I don't want to look too much far ahead into, and get into what the rest of the series is going to be. Um, but it brings wisdom. When we look at the teachings and his way of life, there's a lot of wisdom. One of the things that we did, you know, is uh, a couple months back, we went through Proverbs. Not all of Proverbs. Didn't quite get there. But I know we went through chapter one. I know we went through chapter one. Right? Amen. And if you look in chapter 1, verse 3, there's a word in there that is the way it's used, which is the word is wisdom, it translates to righteousness. And we know that that wisdom is God. It comes from God. It is God. Hmm. Now, a little bit later, Proverbs 1, verse 7, there's this phrase about fearing the Lord. And fear, that's another one. Like, who wants fear? I don't want you know? But again, in the kingdom, it's flipped. Fear, it implies so much more. It implies submission. It implies awe and worship and reverence. And all of that comes with wisdom. And, and all of that 
comes from this simple yet hard to do submission. One of the more awesome things that come is power. Power. What? Submission. If we submit, we gain power. We see that. We saw that the dove, the Holy Spirit, came and the Father God baptized Jesus with the Holy Spirit. The power of heaven. Let me repeat that. The power of heaven. I was going to make a joke about Elise leaving, but I won't. <laughs> still did. But I still did anyway. <laughs> No one noticed. <laughs> All right, so, the power of heaven. In John 14, verse 12, because I think this is a good scripture that we need to keep on hand because as the church, we tend to sit on the sidelines. We tend to sit on the sidelines and, and let a certain few who we think are are more religious or whatever the thought process do do the stuff and Jesus called us all to do this okay John 14 verse 12 very true this is Jesus saying very truly I tell you whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing they will the believers that's us will do the same works that Jesus have been doing and they will do even greater things than these. I don't know what that is, but I'm excited to find out. But why? Why would we be able to do that? Because Jesus is going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. But why? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We get to reflect the life of Jesus and do all this amazing stuff. And I'm not just talking about the miraculous, and that's included, but imagine having the compassion of Jesus. Imagine having the love and, and speaking and, and, and for, the, for the least of these and being light for these people. Why? So that the Father is glorified. And if you're still not convinced that we get to do this stuff, Acts 1 verse 8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Because of the works, because of your lifestyle, you'll be the witness that Jesus is amazing. Acts 10 verse 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how, um, and that he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And with that, God is with us. So we get to do that stuff. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. The kingdom of God is not about a lot of talk. It's, it's living by God's power. So many things in our lives that, that we're longing for, we're wanting to see, and, 
and but we're not we're not living we're not submitting to God's power and he's willing to give it because he wants to use us and utilize us to to advance his kingdom but you're think, probably thinking well, well who am I how can I do this Galatians 2 verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and it all starts with submission it all starts with submission you know we see we you know I think most of us realize that you know, this, the baptism symbolizes um, us dying to ourselves, being buried with Christ, and then coming out of the water is being raised, resurrected. And so our old self, that old man, is dead. We don't have to worry about no matter what you've done. So if you're crying out loud, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's started riots and killed people. And he arrested men, women, and children. And yet he's, <laughs> he wrote most of the New Testament. Guys, this, this life that Jesus modeled is for all of us. And sure, we can probably live our lives and and trying to follow Jesus in, in our own our own strength, our fleshly ways. And we might do a few good things. We probably will, honestly. But imagine if we submitted and took fully on what God was willing to give. The power of heaven, guys. And the Father's just up there... It's yours. It's yours. So I don't think it would be good to go through this series about the way, you know, looking at the way Jesus lived his life that he modeled for us to live without, like, going over some practical applications. Because I think if that was the case, then that would be the 1 Corinthians 4, and then it would just become just a lot of talk. We wouldn't be living by God's power. And so, again, that I think this is something so simple. The idea is so simple, but can be very difficult. Our practical application today is submit. We need to submit. Where in our lives, and I'm just going to invite Holy Spirit in because he's already here, but I want him to be able to be released in a way that, that we are paying attention and accepting his guidance. Holy Spirit, with each of us, highlight an area of our lives where we need to submit. An area that that needs to be pruned, an area that that we just need to just get rid of. We need to re 
turn away from. An area that we need to bring into alignment with you, God. So guys, if, if he's tugging on you in any, in any way, in any area, we're going to have time to, to submit that come into alignment to, to fulfill all righteousness, <coughs> to be right standing with God. And so I imagine that there's probably for all of us, there's an, an, an area that we need to like actually put under the submission of, of God's will. And there might be one or two people in here that maybe need to submit your life to Jesus. You know, it's one thing in the Christian circles we say, oh, I can invite Jesus into your heart. Well, that's great, that's nice, but he actually said, I want to be Lord of your life. He doesn't want a peace, he wants all. And it's only from submitting all of us all of ourselves that great things will happen you want transformation you want life change you want to do the works that Jesus did it comes from submission God you can have all of me however you want to use me if you want me to pray for a guy and Papa John's we had someone do that over the last couple days and bring some, some blessing and some encouragement. God, you are much bigger than this pizza. There's, there's lives at stake. God, use us. Use us in that way. But if that's you, if, if you need to commit and submit your life for the first time or again, please talk to Wes or myself. Okay, don't wait. You know, I prayed before service that, that we would be a church of action. I want to be a church of action. I want to do some stuff. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to just believe it. I want to do it. That's what Jesus called us to. And so maybe some of you, like, once you submit an area or your entire life, um, you know, we talked about this whole section was, you know, about submitting, but it was through submission through baptism. You know, Wes mentioned about, that included this thing here, okay? And, you know, baptism is, is simply an outward sign for an inward commitment, okay? It's proclaiming your trust in Jesus. And I tell you what, guys, I was baptized as an infant, and I've seen pictures, I've been told about it, and all right, cool. But I had no control over it. That wasn't my decision. Um, I was fine with it. Um, but as an adult, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to like stand up on my own and like say this is my choice. This is for me. Like, God has called me to this, and I want everyone to see this, that I'm making a stand. 
And so I was baptized as, as an adult, and I tell you what, it was, it was so life-changing. And just like Jesus, with his baptism, was a catalyst to so many great things, I believe that that commitment to be baptized was a catalyst for me. Guys, I want all of our lives to reflect Jesus. You guys understand that we are a lens to people around us. We are the lens in which people see Jesus. That's why I said that our lives are the best sermons we could ever preach. And you want to know why, why like the Father like, loves us and like, like, just adores us? Because Jesus is the lens in which the Father sees us. It's amazing, guys. I'm going to call the worship team up. <clears throat> and I'm sure there'll be a, there might be a call between songs um, of something, you know, someone might, one of us might get a word. Um, and we'll share that if, if that happens. Um, but a couple things I want to do, because I want to be a church of action. One, I want us to just worship God with, with everything we have. <coughs> from, our, from the depths of our soul, from the depths of our heart, with everything we have, I want to worship God. And two, if, there, if Holy Spirit was tugging on you in any way, you know, come and talk to us, okay? It's not a bad thing. It's an awesome thing. Um, even if you just, like, you know what? I, I, I think God loves me. You know, I want him to give me an encouraging word, okay? We'll do that, too. Um, I wasn't thinking about doing this, but I think, I think I will. If you have never experienced and... Even though it may be a little strange, I don't really know what to think about it, but like we just talked about like the power of heaven. The power of heaven. If you, anyone who believes receives the power of heaven. Guys, if that's you, if you want the power of heaven, come back, okay? I know, I feel like God is going to do some great things today in each and every one of you. And if you want any of that, or if there's anything else that you want, like, we, we, we serve a God that provides. All right? Pray with me. Father, I feel you working in the hearts of your people. God, you are so good. We cannot fathom how good you actually are. We cannot, I don't know if we can truly appreciate like all that you want to do for us and all that you've done for us and all that you want to give us that you actually like us and you love us and 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 you want to do this life with us. God, you want to use us to, to be ambassadors of your kingdom. 
and, and to, to reach the ends of the earth. You want us to be a mouthpiece for you? You want us to partner with you and, and, and pick up the least of these and, and, and put them in a place that is so much more beautiful than where they are. A place where, where they know you. God, there's no better place outside of your presence. God, we need more of your power in our lives. Because we can't do it alone. We can't do it in our own strength. We need you, God. We want to glorify you in our lives. We don't want to just talk about you. We don't want to just believe that you've done these things. God, take us to a place where, where we are partnering with you to actually do these things. To love like you love. To have compassion for those that you have compassion for. To heal the sick. To open blind eyes. To open deaf ears. To even multiplying loaves and fishes. God, we want to raise the dead. We, the physical dead and the spiritual dead. God, you are so amazing. Jesus, we love you. And we give you our all right now. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with us again? <coughs> Once again, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want to find out more, like I said before, you can get on thehubvineyard.com or you can find us on Facebook, The Hub Vineyard Church, and see what we're up to. I pray that um, that you come and visit us sometime or if you, if you need community that you'd come and be a part of what we're doing. But also, if, you know, if you're already part of a church or if you're just on some journey, I just pray blessings over you. I pray for your life. I pray that you find the love that I know you're looking for. And I pray that you find the Father who loves you so much. Have a good week, guys.